Hey guys, it's uh, Andy here in another episode of the Mountain Malarkey Podcast with Dave. Hello everybody. If you've, um, if you've just joined us, hello. Um, do say hello. Hello, even. <laughs> Um, do give us a little thumbs up and uh, <laughs> say who's on. <laughs> Obviously, uh, hey Miko, uh, Olivia, Gary, David, Sinead. Good to see the regulars on here. Although, wow, there's some crazy numbers coming on. Uh, Jishu, Rob, Budge, uh, Ramona, uh, uh, yourself. Why are you on here on this Tuesday? I mean, you know, well, I don't know what's happening, Dave. What's, what's happening? Right? I don't know. I think this. Uh, I think we got a little announcement to. Uh, talk about at the end of this one i think haven't we yeah. um, in fact i'm just checking no you can't see you can't see around me okay, yeah sure. <laughs> exactly yeah hmm. yeah welcome everyone um today is yeah primarily around the uh the everest base camp um, winner announcement so it's been a, a mad three weeks uh we've had thousands of entries so it's been fantastic to see all the positive energy um around it because yep. you know, right now I know there's a lot going on, especially in the UK, but welcome wherever you're watching it from, whether that be the US or Australia, New Zealand. I know we've got people around the world. So, yeah, wherever you're watching, welcome. Um, and, yeah, it's been a bit nuts, isn't it? I know people are going into lockdowns. Some people are coming out of lockdowns. But whatever happens anyway, the mountains aren't going anywhere. And once this is all done, we can get back to doing what we love, which is getting to the mountains, Dave, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. I know. I mean, um, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a tough dog. We've, we've been in lockdown now for a couple of weeks coming out at the end of the week as England are going in. But, you know, I remember at the beginning, you know, one of the things that ever, the, the government was saying was we're all in this together. And I know we've kind of gone our separate ways, but yeah. we're all Evertrekkers. And we are all in this <laughs> Like, there's, you know, like you guys, all of the community, everyone, like if you're hearing my voice right now, then you're part of the community. And yeah, we are in this together in the truest sense of the word, um, yeah. not a snazzy title. Yeah, well done, Dave. Nicely put, mate. Nicely put. Yeah, we're going to keep it um, as short as we can today. I know we all normally go on about sort of 45 minutes, 50 minutes. Um, some of our Tuesday tune-ins we've had over an hour, so it's been a bit nuts. We'll try and keep it quick fire today. Um, we've got a lot of questions that come in on email, so we want to get those answered. But if you do have any um, any questions, uh, do comment with them. And um, Lauren, who's sort of manning the phones uh, and the comments, she'll um, send those over and we can answer your questions as well. Yeah. Although it's around Nepal, around Everest Base Camp, you know, just ask you know any questions, fine. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll we'll answer them on the live. So yeah, Dave, I've yeah, where should we start, mate? Where should we start? I know we've we've got all these questions on the on here, but where it always starts, mate, Kathmandu. <laughs> you know, that's, that's where it always starts. Uh, very good. But um, yeah, no, I think I think one thing we wanted to do is um, because in the past we've kind of gone through yeah. the trip as an as an entirety, but. We're going to leave some things to the imagination and we're going to talk about our personal highlights of the EBC trip, you know, and um, Andy Maher, as I said, he's listening whilst on a 14-mile walk. So um, no, we're going to try and be done before the end of your walk, mate. We know a lot of you, like Andy said, watch on your lunch breaks and we don't want to keep you hanging there for that announcement, you know. So we'll talk about um, some of our personal highlights of the EBC trip and then, um, yeah, and then we'll answer some questions, I think. So uh, do you want to start, and George, or me to start? Yeah, sure, mate. Well, I'm just on the, on the WhatsApp here, because we uh, Lauren said in the, the questions in my WhatsApp. And Lauren yeah, on the phones. Typically, because there's the last couple, we a couple of um, 
a couple of Tuesday tune-ins, we talked a lot about health conditions and asthma. Typically, the first one is around asthma. Um, and it was from Angie George, actually. She says, um, mildly asthmatic, any issues regarding thin air altitude? Well, actually, Angie, um, there's unlimited altitude uh, for you, unlimited thin air uh, at, yeah. on the base camp trek. Um, <laughs> no, but on a serious note, yeah, it's a great question around asthma. Um, I'm a, an asthmatic myself. Um, it was something that definitely was a question I wanted to to know before I went to Everest Base Camp. And you know what? It's There's no difference really in terms of when you're walking. It's just all of how you manage, um, you, know, you know, through medication or yourself. You know, you know your body yourself uh, better than anyone. So, you know, it, there's, there's no real difference. OK, it's thinner air. So you'd be breathing more, but so will everyone else. You won't be on your own there. Being an asthmatic, won't any, it won't make a difference there, really. Just, you know, just be conscious of, you know, if, you, if you're going on an ascent and it's cold, you've got any of the inhalers you use, any of the medication, just in, just in, in case, you know. Um, so, yeah, I hope that answers your question a bit. I, I'd love to go into full detail for that, Angie, but if you do look at the last couple of lives, we've got one which is specifically around managing your health. We do go into it a bit more um yeah, if you want a, you know, a more expanded answer yeah uh, if you like exactly um yeah nice one there asthma always yeah. a reoccurring issue you yeah. know um but yeah i think um yeah before before i answer a question i think i'll give my i think my personal highlight of the ebc okay. yeah yeah i think it happens on day two now i've obviously excluded a lot of the stuff like arriving at base camp and you know, seeing it sunset on Everest or sunrise on Everest on Kalapatar, that's all obvious. You know, but uh, one of my personal highlights is at the end of day two, um, when you sort of reach the top of the forest, you turn a corner yeah. and then you've got like Namshi like opened up in front of you. I remember the first time that I ever saw Namshi, the first words I ever went was like, wow. You know, it was amazing. Such an amazing place. My yeah. favorite place in the Kumbu. Um, I think if I had to live there for six months, I wouldn't complain. It was, it's absolutely beautiful. And I remember the first two things that like struck me were one, there's no more uphill. And two, <laughs> that day, that's not, yeah, that, that day, sorry, that, yeah, that day. day. And, uh, and I think the other one was, I can have a shower, <laughs> you know? which, which is, uh, which is, yeah. Oh, Dave, that's it. It's too easy, mate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, yeah. So Namchi is my personal favorite. You know what it's like, and once you once you like you start to turn back, the one thing everyone looks forward to is getting back to Namchi. Yeah, um, yeah. No, it's I, an amazing place. My my personal my personal favorite, like of all the places in the Kumbu. That's I love Namchi. Is it your personal favorite? Because I reckon that image behind you is probably not far away from where you were just talking about. Oh no, mate, that's Newport. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, this is this is Namchi. So. Um, yeah, there's a. You can't really see the expanded image, but yeah, that is, that's Namchi Bazaar, isn't it? In on in the. Yeah, that's Namchi Bazaar. So this here is like one of the paths that leads up to the top. So when I said no more uphill, that all depends on where your lodge is. <laughs> so like my first lodge was another like twenty minutes walk up this hill, but um yeah, it's all good. I think um it's great that you talk about personal favourites. I think for myself. I mean, yeah, the, the first time I went to Everest, uh, you know, seeing Everest for the first time, there's nothing quite like that feeling. Yeah, I think you're right there, Dave. Um, I also think it's strange because the first time I went to Everest Base Camp, I went on my own. So it was, um, you know, it was kind of a bit different to all the groups I've gone with. And you know, yeah. the, I say the real highlight is actually seeing the reaction of people when we get there. It's always emotional. It's always like, thank God, 
you know, <laughs> it's always that feeling of uh, elation. You know, you're almost trying to hold back the tears whilst yeah. giving someone a big hug, and you're like, right, where's where's the whiskey? You know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah amazing. I, you, you know, yeah. that's to me that it, it, I, I realize now that uh, you know, I know we talk about it's all about the journey. It's something we, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but it is. But it's also about the people you meet along the way, isn't it, Dave? I know the land, the suffering, as you used to call it. But it's for me, it's always been about the people you go there with and um, and share those stories along the way. And then when you get down, you're having a beer in Kathmandu and, you know, you you, you talk about the trip. Yeah, there's there's, there's nothing better. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's crazy. Like when you get to Namshi on the way back down, it's a completely different energy than when you're on the way up. Yeah. When you're on the way up, I mean, especially on your first ever time in Namshi, it's the first time you'll really feel the altitude. You'll get a little bit out of breath going up steps and things like that. And there's that apprehension on the way up. You know, everyone's loving Namshi, but it's like, oh, what's the altitude doing? Am I OK? On the way back, it's party time. <laughs> like on the way, like on the way back there, no one cares about the altitude anymore. You've done what you've come to do. It's yeah. your last night proper in the, in, the, in the high Himalaya. There's the world's highest Irish bar. Um, yeah, and you can, and it's time just to get on it, basically. I mean, we do say, take it easy. You've still got a long day of walking the next day. It's not an easy one to get back to Lukla. When you're back in Lukla, feel your boots go mad. But, um, yeah, but Namshi, yeah. I remember the last time we were there, we all went to, um, there's like a bar with like live music. How do they sing out? I don't know, but like live music and drinks and all the guides and porters are together. It's, yeah, it's. I want, I'm going to shoot off, Anna, if that's all right. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's mad. It, it, it does. I mean, it brings us on to a good point because, you know, we've got a lot of questions here. I mean, there's about 25 just come in. So like, great. There's so many questions. We will get through them. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it's we want to talk about the elephant in the room. Although there's no elephants in here, but um, obviously COVID and what's happening. We've, uh, if you've been following us for a while, we, we started doing these lives back in March when lockdown happened. Um, you know, because there's always we realize that, OK, you're at home, but also as well, you want to talk about this stuff because we can't go on a trip right now. Um, you know, we're super excited about next year, about getting out there, especially Nepal. Uh, you know, if you've been following us, you know, we do Kili, South America as well and uh, Morocco and North Africa, as well as some stuff in the UK. Now, um, we, we've worked alongside uh, mountaineering companies, to do some sort of smaller trips, really. And, yeah, we, we, we felt it was important today just to share some of that because over the last six months we've and i suppose since the journey since the beginning of evertrek really we've always tried to be as flexible as we can um and even more so right now because you know it's, it's hard enough you you know like lots of people on here who are in england about to go into lockdown whether we're in scotland northern ireland wales anywhere in europe in the states there's going to be some form of lockdown or hindrance on where you can go right now and the flights and all those restrictions but we just want to reiterate that you know, we are here for you guys. You know, we, if you're booked to go on a trip with us or you're looking to go on a trip with us, it's just a matter of time um, until we can get back, which is why we have created this. We call it like the ultimate flexibility promise, if you like, which means that, you know, we're flexible with regards to your dates, your trip, whether you want to move that. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, also around how you pay for that trip as well. Um, and obviously we've got our lifetime deposit, which we've had for a while now. So we're, we're trying to be as, as flexible as we can. And I felt that's important because there's a lot of people on here who I know are relatively new to the Evertrek community. And just to let you know that, you know, if you are thinking about any sort of journey or adventure in the future, just because you are 
in a lockdown or it's, it's, it's no for now, that's not going to be forever. And, you know, this is why we're here. We want to help you achieve that because, like us, we're gagging to get back to the mountains. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we, we can't wait uh, to get back. Dave, I know we've had a, you know, like everyone here, isn't it? We've had trips cancelled. We've had, uh, you know, shit happen. But, that you know, it is the way it is. But next year, I feel, is, is going to be a big year. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, this is a major thing, you know, with the announcements around COVID. There's a lot of sort of, um, you know, the, it, it, is a, it is a very testing situation and it's very stressful. I know many of you guys watching, I think there's a huge number watching. I think someone just pointed out 300 and I was like, don't tell me. <laughs> you know, but, um, it's way yeah. more. <laughs> but, but honestly, yeah, I think, um, you know, I really did mean that at the beginning. Like all of you guys are watching this and listening and paying attention because you have a love for the mountains. You want to go to base camp and Kilimanjaro and all of these amazing places. And that really, you know, it, it, it humbles us and it, and, it, and it makes us feel incredibly positive. And when I said at the beginning that Evertrackers are all in this together, you know, with that, I, I really do mean it. You know, we are a community. We're there to support each other and we're there to go on adventures. That's what Evertrackers do. That's what we do. That's what you do. You know, we go on adventures. We keep our eye on the future and we, you know, we do amazing things together. And I think that, um, yeah, very proud and privileged to have all of you guys watching and, and you know, wanting to go on these trips because, you know, it means the world to us. We can't wait to get back out there. Um, exactly, and it and and it is only a matter of time. You know, we're incredibly healthy. We uh, staying positive. We got our eye on the future, and yeah, as soon as it's, sort of, it's safe to do so, we will be out there, guaranteed. Bloody right, mate. Bloody right. Um, right. Well, crack on with some questions. Um, yeah. So I think I, I did have one question, which was about what's the yeah. Guinness like in the Irish bar. Um, and I, I'll be honest. Um, I think it was canned when I was there, but I tell you what, if Ramona's watching, she might be a better judge of Guinness than I am because actually, shamefully, I've never been to Ireland. Um, so, hey, wow. like, like literally, uh, Ramona, I think there's another guy, Martin and stuff like that. Any recommendations for visiting Ireland and do some trekking and stuff, email me because um, yeah. uh, it's, it's on my bucket list. But um, yeah, maybe Ramona can tell me what Guinness was like. Well, it's, um, yeah, I've had it there a few times. Uh, <laughs> 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 on the way back down, never on the way up. Um, but yeah, it's it's not, you know, let's be honest, it's not great. But it tastes fantastic after you've been walking for 10 days. <laughs> yeah. uh, and after you've achieved what you've achieved, then it's the best Guinness in the bloody world. But it's, um, yeah, it is in cans, so it's not quite as good as you get um, uh, in, in, I presume, obviously, that person might be from, from Ireland um, or Northern Ireland. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's not as great as probably what you're used to, but it's Good. It tastes good after what you've done. Yeah. Oh, Ramona hates Guinness. Wow, you've been in England too long. Hey, the great, the great bald yeti's on as well. Hey, John. Yeah. Hey, John. Um, How you doing, mate? How you doing? Right. Uh, we've had a few questions, Dave, around uh, training for the hike or for the trip itself. Um, okay, yeah. People have asked this, so I, I think we'll. Do you want to take that one? Yeah. Up? Why not? So yeah, the, when um, there's there's always a few things that I make sure that I work on, and I I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought to myself. What's the, if I could just summarize the things I work on, strength, endurance, yeah. cardio, and most importantly, mindset. Those are the four things that I work on um, when I'm going on any trip. Now, you know, sometimes I'm a lot better at working on those than the others, um, but they're like the four sort of pistons that drive me, you know, to the summit and to base camp and things like that. Um, and there's no strict way to train those things, you know. So when we're talking about strength training and stuff like that, I think doing weights and keeping the body strong 
um, you know, helps me, you know, lose a bit of weight, get stronger. I can carry more, um, you know, so I, I generally just do like a little weight session at home and things like that. Squats, stair masters, and also hiking, getting the legs like mountain fit. And then that carries us into endurance as well. So just being like physically tough and having the go in you, um, because there's nothing worse. You know, you want to be a diesel, not a Formula One car. You know, so like a Formula One car is like super fast out the gate, does what it does and goes back. Well, actually, this is a marathon, not a sprint. So you want to be a good diesel engine um, and getting out there in the mountains with a pack on your back and, you know, putting the legs under some stress and putting, you know, the body under some stress really does build that endurance. But when you are tired, high altitude and you've got to climb over a glacier rock to get to base camp you know it's not it's not the be all or end all it's just something you've got to do yeah. um and, you know and then cardio i do most of my cardio these days on the bike i am trying to get some running in but i'm 37 now um which isn't that old really but my knees are 57 <laughs> yeah but you know it, it, indiana jones once yeah. said it's not the age it's the mileage and um, you know, my my knees are feeling the mileage. So now, now mainly on the bike, I get my cardio in. Yeah. Um, and then mindset is something that you know you you kind of work on every day. You might and you notice that if you if you don't neglect, if you neglect your mindset, you know you can have all of those other things in place. But when things get tough, um, you know sometimes you might feel a bit emotional on the mountain because you're tired and hungry, you know, and the altitudes get into you. And the mindset is then what really convinces you to sort of keep on going and tap into those reserves and stuff like that so hopefully that's kind of concise um but yeah that's pretty much how i prepare nice dave love it mate love it it's um <clears throat> it is one of those things and it's it's there's one thing i learned uh, very early on was that it is it is achievable by everyday people um it's certainly you know we've, we've realized that now i mean we get <clears throat> you know some of our friends that have been with us some people we've become friends a lot of shapes and sizes we see on the track um, yeah that doesn't mean you can just turn up and get away with it. You have to take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that anyone can do it. Um, <laughs> What's Sorry, that? Guys, I'm just laughing at all the grief I'm getting now. 37 must have had a hard paper round. Yes, Paul, I did. <laughs> this is my oh, point. Nice. I wasn't trying to say I was too old. I'm simply saying that the mileage is taking its toll on my knees. The running is out. But you are right, mate. Paper round, I used to go plastics <laughs> every day. Although I'll give a shout out to the old man because sometimes he watches it. I do remember that on a Saturday my dad would get up and do my paper round. And um yeah, well, I haven't really got I haven't really got an excuse. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Um some people mentioned, I think it was Steve Parkins I got here about staying at Everest Base Camp. Um I think he said he was actually lucky to stay with an Indian summit team, which sounds wicked by the way, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um yeah, we, we've had customers do it before. It's very on a rare occasion. Only because it only happens once a year, which is the spring, when there are summit teams there. I mean, we don't normally do this. It's, it's kind of on a, you know, because we, we do sometimes run private trips. And the, the private trips we've used have stayed at Everest Base Camp with uh, Everest ER, you may have seen on some documentaries. So, um, you know, we've got some contacts who do the, the, the climbing side. I mean, for us, you know, I mean, it's something we're looking in the future, but primarily everything we do is around getting to Base Camp or Island Peak, Mara Peak, the, the Kumbu region. We haven't quite touched the summit of Everest yet, um, yeah. but we know a lot of people who do. So, yeah, if it's something that you're keen to do, I mean, you know, we, we can usually facilitate that. Um, you know, just reach out to us and we can we can talk about that, Steve. Um, another Steve, Sam, uh, actually Sam's asked, uh, he's going to Mera Peak, October 21. He wants us to do a whole live on it. I'd, um, it's a good idea, actually. I know we talked about Island Peak primarily because we get a lot of people to do Island Peak. 
but he has asked for how is it different to Everest Base Camp? Um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a similar region, um, Sam, is in Everest Base Camp. You're in the Everest region, but obviously it's a lot higher. Mera Peak is just over 6,400 meters. So it's about another four, uh, another thousand meters higher than Everest Base Camp. So, you know, you've got to consider that um, with regards to Mera Peak. It is a trekking peak. I mean, we say trekking because it's there's no actual technical climate involved. Yeah. It's labeled that in the pool, but the, you know, it's a 6,400 meter peak. It's not easy, but it's the highest trekking peak in the pool. So yeah, it's something you've got to consider. Very different, I would say, to the Everest trip, uh, base camp trip, just in terms of the actual what you'd be doing, because there's two or three days you're on the mountain and you know, summit in a peak, whereas the Everest base camp trek is more of a journey through the mountains. You know, when you get to Everest base camp, it's it's just a glacier. There's not a peak there. Um, if you climb the Kalapatar, which we do on our trips, um, which is actually just not far from Everest Base Camp, and you can see the, the summit of Everest, um, we normally do it for sunrise, which is absolutely awesome. Um, and that's kind of the closest peak that you'll get really on the Everest Base Camp trek. Um, yeah. Anything else different, would you say, about those two? I know Mera Peak, Everest Base Camp trip, Dave? Um, I think, yeah. So Mera Peak's in a, in a just, just for clarification, it's not in the Everest region of Nepal. So yeah. you fly into Lukla, but then you go off yeah. um, to a different region of um, the Himalayas. So you're in a completely new area, slightly less travel in that area, mainly it's people summit in Mera. I think, yeah, um, I can see your question where you've asked some specifics. I think we'll do a live, should we, and do another peak live or something like that. Yeah, we need to. We've, we've got a lot of customers for it. We probably yeah. do it justice in one answer. So I think we'll come back yeah. and we'll, we'll give you a lot more information, boots, clothes, yeah. recommendations, crampons, all of that stuff. Um, yeah, so we'll we'll do that. But um, okay, uh, Dave, thirty-seven. Did you have your paper round in Chernobyl? <laughs> was another one. Um, yeah, you today, Dave. What was the? I know, I know. Wait, wait, I can't help it, man. It, this, this, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, I see Jerome has asked, "How long do we actually get at EBC?" Um, which is an interesting question. Yeah, because there's not one answer I can give you. It depends really on a few factors. Yeah. Um, I've spent as little as about 40, 45 minutes there. And on my last trip, I spent about two and a half hours there. Um, so that's your sort of range. The reason is because it all depends on you, the group and the weather. So you want to be able to get to Everest Base Camp, have as long there as you can and still get back to Gorakshire before it's getting dark. So if you start off quite late and you move quite slow, which is fine. But it means obviously, you know, you're not going to want to sit there and walk back across the glacier at night um also yeah the, the whole group as well because on that day particularly it might stretch out and come back together um so some people might arrive a little bit sooner and be there a bit longer uh, we do try and keep everyone together but naturally at, at that stage everyone has developed their own pace yeah um yeah and the weather you know like the time i spent about 45 mm -hmm. minutes there was enough because it was like minus 12 13 something like that yeah it, it was really cold um and then last october it was great. I was in my T-shirt for a little bit of it. You know, it was lovely. But um, yeah, so that's that's sort of your window there. You wouldn't really spend two and a half hours is probably rare. Forty-five minutes is probably a bit rare. More like an hour or so is probably more accurate. Hour and a half. Like yeah. Great stuff. Nice one, Dave. Um, yeah. Quite, again, loads of questions coming through. This is fantastic. Um, John, um, no surname on here, but asked how the local people in the Everest area are doing uh, with the problems with COVID nineteen. Yeah, it's a nice question, John. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, you know, not going to lie. Um, it's not great out there because of the situation. They've had no 
two seasons now where with no one really up there. So they could find it tough, but they're very resilient people. There have been there has been a little bit of an outbreak in Namche actually, just behind uh, Dave there. Uh, in that village, there was a few confirmed cases. It's gone quiet over the last several days in terms of the the number of cases up there. I think ultimately it's going to be everywhere, isn't it? Um, you know, with regard yeah. to COVID. But you know, there's a few teams up there, more so the high end teams. Like I think there's a royal team from Bahrain um, who are actually up in um, I think they're climbing Abu Dhabi or something. Um, you know, there's not really anyone there at the moment except these sort of niche teams, if you like. Yeah. Um, but you know that they're, they're not doing great, but they're battlers, and you know they'll be there when when we when we go there. So uh, yeah. yeah, it'll be it'll be great. Um, Jason asked, "What's the average cost to do the trek to base camp, and how long does it normally take?" So this trip, um, if you've entered the competition or you've downloaded the Everest Base Camp guide, you'll see that this is our sort of 15-day itinerary. We do a couple of different itineraries to get to Everest Base Camp. This one is the classic route, if you like. Uh, we got others that go via Gokyo Valley and the, 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 the high passes. But this one um, costs £1,700. Um, and that's everything from when you're in the pool pretty much you know, to when you leave. Um, the only thing we don't really get involved in are your international flights. Um, it's probably good because of that, because of the situation now with reschedules, things like that that happen. Um, you know, but we can certainly point you in the right direction with regards to your flights. But yeah, that's sort of a rough cost. I mean, you know, there's there's loads of companies out there. We like to think we're a little bit different. So yeah, there's certainly cheaper ones, there's certainly more expensive ones. Um, yeah, but obviously if you've got a base camp, mate, do reach out to us. Exactly. Uh, um, Eileen has asked a question. I know we touched on it earlier, um, but it's good just to refresh because I know people have joined us. Is um what happens if the trip gets cancelled due to COVID? Just thinking of your flights and stuff like that. So when you when you actually book a trip with us, um, we do offer uh, like ultimate flexibility with that. So when you book a trip, you basically you're gonna go on a trip no matter what. You book in your day, and if something happens like COVID or any other sort of mishap that means that you're unable to go, we'll simply reschedule your trip onto another date, and you go to Everest Base Camp, and everything you booked and wanted to do yeah. is still in place. Um, that being said, I do have some advice for you if you are looking at booking flights. So this information has kind of developed since COVID happened and we're sort of seeing how the, the airlines are dealing with things. First thing I would say is travel insurance, get it as soon as you can. So it's in place. Um, it gives you that extra layer of protection. Um, second, if you are booking your flights, um, go direct with one of the, the big airlines. So yeah. personally, I know myself and Andy use Qatar Airways a lot. Yeah. Um, and I've heard really good feedback with how they're dealing with the situation with you know refunding or rescheduling flights and things like that. I think Qatar, Etihad, Emirates, those people booking direct with them is certainly a better way to do it. If you go with an agency at this stage, um, their T's and C's are different. Um, and I have heard that one company is 200 and something days for a refund. Um, but that won't happen. Yeah. With the big airlines. Um, and then I think the other one, which someone, uh, an Evertracker actually told me is, you know, I don't have a credit card, but if you use your credit card to book the flights, you've always got the, 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 the yeah. fallback option for that. So that's sort of three top tips at the moment for booking flights during COVID. Um, but just to reassure you from an Evertrack standpoint, yeah. um, your trip is safe. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. And if it can't happen on date one, we'll move it to date two. Um, and we'll ensure that everything you hoped and dreamed would happen does happen just at a time when it's safe and easy to do so. Yeah, nice, Dave. Uh, Glenn says, hi, Yetis. Uh, has anyone got spare undies? 
uh, I'm wetting myself with excitement. So yeah, thanks for that, Glenn. Um, <laughs> uh, I haven't actually, but I think we might do in the office, but I'll, I'll see what we can do uh, with that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Mark Van Rossum. Yeah. How's it going, Mark? Um, yeah, hey, Mark, you're right, mate. He said, uh, any ideas when the down jackets will be shipped? So yeah, we're working on it at the moment. So we're still collecting orders and stuff like that. Um, just for anyone that doesn't know, what Mark's referring to is the um, uh, down jackets that we've had made and are selling in order to support the, the guys in Nepal. So all the profits from that goes over to the, the team over there to look after themselves during the COVID times um, before we can all get back out there. Um, but yeah, um, I think Lauren on the phones could perhaps post a link for the jackets in the chats and you can have a look. But um, we will update you as soon as we can. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're you know we're we're having them made and things like that. Um, and as soon as we have a dispatch order and things, we'll let you know immediately. Yeah, definitely. Um, with regards to a few, I know there's a few questions coming in as well. And Lauren, who's, who's sort of on the comments here, she is posting some links. So, for instance, if you need insurance for Everest Base Camp Trek, there's a really good one she's just posted there. Just because it's got a it's got a few different um, companies that we recommend that we've we've used personally and we um, and other trackers use. Also, as well, I think she's put the link to the um, uh, the actual down jacket. If you do want to to grab one of those down jackets that Mark was referring to, um, it is all, all the profits from that are going to our guides over in Nepal. Um, basically, you can get yourself a nice little jacket for, for winter, um, nice little winter down jacket, and then, uh, like I said, to go into the guys during this um, this crazy time. Um, yeah, nice day. We've <laughs> still got loads. It's going to be a long line, but we'll, we'll try and crack on as soon as we can. Um, Right, a few here. I'm going to do a few quick ones. Someone's asked, what's the beer like? Fantastic. It's called Everest. Make sure you try it. Um, what's been your scariest moment, Dave? I'm going to ask you that question. What's been your scariest moment on Everest Base Camp? Scariest moment on Everest Base Camp? I think that was the ghost, mate. Ghost? Um, yeah, remember uh, uh, my first um, first EBC trip, myself and my good friend Billy, <laughs> Gorek Chef after Base Camp, so in bed. And then I kind of heard, about three in the morning it's pitch black my breath is in the air and i heard hello hello and i sort of bolt up i was like what hallucinating hypoxic what's happening and then so i led back down and i heard some banging and i was like it was kind of weird uh what it turned out was that the person in the door next to me someone was walking to the toilet and using their hands to guide themselves down the hall and slid the bolt across her door from the outside so she was trapped inside the lodge next door to us. And all I could hear was her like going, hello, hello, and banging on the wall and help me. Yeah, it scared the crap out of me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's kind of weird when you wake up at altitude, it's freezing cold, it's unfamiliar. But um, yeah, Billy then I remember, right, he woke up and he was far more on it than me. And he was like, someone's locked in the toilet. You don't want to be locked in the toilet, Agorachev. That is the real death zone. Um, so, <laughs> but as it turned out, yeah, she was... Uh, that was my scary um someone's asked Stuart bigger asked what your thoughts on yak cheese pizza um yeah it's not great uh it's okay if you're starving you could probably get away with it but um i've had lots of pizza altitude because when you're at the everest base camp trek it's very well catered for you can stick to the local um stuff which is fantastic um we always advise to do a, a primarily a vegetarian diet when you're up there just because the meat's not really prepared very well don't want to give yourself a dodgy belly when you're up there it's hard enough already so yeah definitely um you know uh, try a little bit of pizza i have had some with the yak cheese although up there um the milk comes from a knack which is a female yak 
Um, yeah, I don't, I don't mind the yak cheese, just not on pizza. In fact, I can't handle any cheese on the on the even sea trip. I can't handle it. Like, not to be rude, but if someone has cheese next to me, I'll move because like the smell just, oh, I can't handle it. Um, I tell so, you what, go on, Dave. Uh, sorry, David uh, Parkinson. Can we meet Buddhists? Um, I think he means Buddhists. Yes. Um, and the answer is yes. Yes, you can. You will definitely. Um, so the Buddhists, um, you'll meet them sort of when you do the tour of Kathmandu at the beginning for a start. So you'll be going to uh, Budanath, um, which is the largest Buddhist stupa in the world, and I think it's in the world. Uh, um, yeah, structure is, is, is yeah. So big. you'll definitely see monks yeah. there, possibly at um, Monkey Temple as well. Uh, but then all the way in the mountains. So in the mountains, that tends to be um, Sherpa and Buddhist and stuff like that up in the mountains. So yeah, you'll learn a lot about that, and you'll you know you'll you'll get to meet them and talk to them and experience their way of life and stuff like that. All good. Nice, mate. Nice, great question. Um, just got another training on the home climbing world. Stay fit. What is everyone else doing? I don't know. Post your comments. Whatever you're doing to keep fit, post in the comments. That was from Eileen. Um, there's a there's a few ways I suppose we did. One of our very first lives we did back in March was actually from a guy called Lee Wardle, who we had the pleasure of trekking with to Everest Base Camp last april yeah. as april 2019 and yeah um he did talk about specific things that you can have a look at so if you wanted to go on to our uh, once this is finished look at our previous lives and you can see one that's all around how to stay for inside obviously with the lockdowns it's pretty difficult but even just walking outside you know like going to Everest base camp there's nothing technical about it it's just walking okay the altitude is a challenge you know the multiple days is a challenge you know, it does, it does, you know, it does take its toll on you, but um, it is just walking. So really it's just getting out, even if a backpack, um, you know, day pack, just get out there and maybe do a few miles a day. That's not going to do you any harm. Plus it's good for, good for the soul as well. So, but yeah, there's, there's things you can, you can do sort of any um, body weight exercises you can do in the house. Yeah, exactly. Did have an interesting um, question here from Jishu. Don't think we've ever had this one before, which is uh, do all the groups on your treks generally get on? Any rogues <laughs> and spoiling things, do you throw them over the mountain, perhaps? <laughs> Interesting question. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've not ever had a report back that um yeah, someone spoiled it for others or stuff like that. I think that's largely because um, you know, you're all interested in the same thing and you go in there at the same time to do the same trip and adventure and stuff like that. So I honestly think that, you know, you're all relatively like-minded right from the outset. Um, But, yeah, certainly there are lots of um, edges and cliffs and glacier holes and stuff like that where you could uh, put someone. But um, I don't think it's ever happened. Everyone that's gone out there has come back. I'm sure, you know, some people are more closely. I mean, I dare say I think a couple of relationships even started uh, because of a a, – which is is nice. But, yeah. um, We're thinking of starting our own version of Tinder because we realise there are a lot of people are meeting on the group. So – you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you up to date with that. Uh, but yeah, no, Jishu, it is a good question because, yeah, we, you know, we, I think the type of people we, we say attract or the people that join the community and go on these trips is certain type of people. You know, yeah. it's not a perfect world. You, you're going to get your norbed sometimes. I think we've been very fortunate, really. We haven't had any that I can think of that have been really difficult. Okay, you know, when you get, I think one thing we like to do is keep our groups relatively small. You know, when you're looking at a group that's less than, say, 12 people or less than 15 people, it's very difficult then for clicks to and subgroups, which can cause friction. 
So just by having those smaller groups, it provides maybe a little bit more assurance that that happens. Um, and it's hard work, you know. Uh, I think you all, when you when people go through difficult stuff, it, it actually it draws people in, it encourages you to bond with those people. I mean, it's, you know, so I think it's more than ever tinned. That were the good names. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I, I might, I might uh, buy that domain name, Jerome. See what we yeah. Exactly. The other thing we do is we do try to keep our groups, the overall group, relatively small. What we're having to do sometimes is so we'll have a group 12, something like that. Now, if the date's really popular, rather than swell that group to like 20 or 25, um, we'll run two separate groups. So each group will have their own guide, their own porters, their own core members. um, And then there'll be another group of the same. And you go into the same place at the same time. But then you are you're doing that with a lot of other people on the mountain as well anyway. Um, but it, what it means is that you have your core group, and your core guide who you can talk to, and that guide will only be like speaking to the core group. So I'll say core group again. And that, that way, um, you know, you, you get that small group feel. So we do try and keep it like that. Exactly. Um, Soy Bennett asks, is it an urban myth that jelly babies are great trek fuel? Yeah, you know what? They're fine. Um, pure sugar, aren't they? They've... I think numerous times on the trip, you know, you can hear that noise and the bag of jelly babies comes out and they're like, yes, even give them to some of the porters, some of the guides. At the end of the day, if there's a, if there's something that really perks you up, you know, when you have a difficult moment and if that thing is a jelly baby and three or four of them, if that's what it takes, brilliant. Yeah, nothing wrong with them. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, take a couple with you. We always say, <clears throat> man, my throat. Uh, <laughs> We always say that if you are going on a trip like Everest Base Camp, take something that's, um, you know, like a little treat. Um, and if it's jelly babies, go for it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, favorite time of year to go to EBC, Dave? I know we've, um, I know uh, we've done it before, but. Mine is end of October, beginning of November. Um, so last year I got to EBC on Halloween, 31st of October. Um, and that was, yeah, that's probably my favorite time. I've been there in the spring as well. That's some things I really liked about that trip. So I did really like speaking to people who were going to summit that year. Yeah. I really liked seeing base camp with populated with all the tents, saw some people coming through the icefall. You know, for, for someone who's been interested in Everest, that's amazing. Um, but actually, in terms of like the overall experience, I really love end of October, beginning of November. It's a little bit colder up there, which suits me because I run a bit hot. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah. That, if I had to go, that's when I go. Great stuff. Yeah. Um, a few here. Let's have a look. Uh, let's have a look. Someone's done four days trekking in Mont Blanc. Can you compare it harder or easier? I say, yeah, because it's a longer trip. Uh, that was from Vincentio. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is, um, in terms of harder, it's probably very difficult to, to compare, but it is longer. So it will have more, it's, it's tougher and it's higher. So, yeah, if you're going to compare those two, um, I'd say, yeah, just because of the distance, uh, I would say on yeah. that. <clears throat> exactly so um millie henderson all right millie how are you mm-hmm. um who are the guides on the trip so yeah the guide it's not myself or andy we don't go on every trip um we'd love to but we die um <laughs> because you know because we run so many yeah. so um you know the guides on the trip are all um we're, we're a big believer in using the local expertise so we don't have western guides so not myself or andy or anyone else it's led by the Nepalese team over there. So there's a, a mix between Sherpa, Nepalese guides. They're all highly trained, highly efficient, um, you know, with years and years of experience. Many of them actually, you know, are from the Kumbu and lived yeah. in that area. 
so they know it extremely well. Um, and yeah, all local guides, local porters, local expertise. We really like to invest back into Nepal. And let's be honest, they're the real experts. You know, they've yeah. they were born there, they've lived there, they're still there, and they know it. They, uh, <laughs> you know, they could, yeah, anything that we do, they can. I believe that they, you know, have the experience to do better. So that's what we do. Um, yeah, well, yeah. David. I think ever since we we started the company, uh, which is almost five years ago now, it's crazy. Five years of March. Um, We've we've always been passionate about using local support. Um, it, it's all whenever I've gone to a place, wherever I've gone traveling, it's the people who are who are there that are, know the place best. And when I travel through Nepal, they they really know what they're doing. I mean, the team we use over there, they've been doing this for twenty years. Yeah. Um, some of them have climbed Everest, other eight thousand meter peaks. Some of them have been to Everest Base Camp more than two hundred and fifty times. You know, these are the guys who, who who I love to just sit around the. The campfire or the stove and just listen to them talk about their experiences it's you know um i think dave you said something really good point i think it was i know this is when we were in kilimanjaro about the, the guides but i think it's the same goes for nepal is that they, they almost become like your friends you yeah, know? yeah when you get to know them and because the groups are smaller you can spend more of that sort of time with them you know yeah I, I do i do honestly believe that i mean it's amazing how many trips these guides do and how many people they take to EPC. And yet still make every single individual feel like, you know, they're their best friend and and and, and it's genuine. It comes from a, a genuine place. Um, and lots of the guides have stayed in touch with people. I know Ramona and a few of her group have stayed in touch with Padam. Um, and, you know, there, there'll be loads of other people who have loads of other guides that stay in touch. So, yeah, that's it's awesome. Um, wow, there's still more. Honestly, <laughs> generally, this could be a 24-hour marathon guide. I think to be fair, we're going to have to announce the winner at some point. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, we we'll do, we we'll do, we we'll do, we we'll do a quick fire, Dave. So literally, really short, sharp answers. We can um, just to cover them. So uh, I'd love to go to EBC for my 60th on October 2020. Are old people allowed? Um, no, you're not allowed. Um, yeah, that's a quick one. No, I'm only joking. Of course you are. <laughs> yeah. We've had someone who was 74 reach Everest Base Camp. Um, absolutely fantastic guy. Um, so, yes. Uh, Marianne Hunter. Yes. What wildlife can you see, Dave? Wildlife? Um, well. Quick fire. Yaks. Yaks. Naks. Kupke. Donkeys. Horses. Mainly that's what you'll see. I saw a grain squirrel once. Eagles. See eagles? Yeah, they're oh, uh, Oh, yeah, they? you. Um, oh, those deer, musk deer, tiny musk deer, deer okay. with the fangs, yeah. vampire deers. Um, yeah, I haven't seen much else really. I didn't see any snow leopards or red pandas, although they are in the area. Yeah, but, um, okay. <laughs> yeah monkey, monkeys in Kathmandu. Um, yeah. Okay, right. Uh, what time do you generally start? Do you trek each day? Um, I'd say you probably start trekking at around half eight, nine, something like that. Nine would probably be a late start. Yeah. So generally speaking, you'll wake up at six, six thirty, breakfast at seven, seven thirty, and then you'll be you'll be off and on tracking like that. Some days are like you can have a slightly longer lie-in. Some days like EBC, you'll get up at like five AM and you know, get as much time yeah. as you can. Any Yetis? Um yeah, great question. Um yeah, only in South Wales at the moment, Sean. But um yeah. you, know, you never know, mate. You never know. Um and it's actually really good because that leads on to Ken. Who says, as I love photography, there are plenty of opportunities to capture the beauty of the area. Yeah, uh, 100%. You know, you're in the Himalayas here, it's the biggest mountains in the world. Absolutely fantastic. But yeah, you can also catch those Yetis on uh, camera as well. Yeah, I love my spiders, someone just said there. Mad. I like spiders, but mainly because it's like the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and I hate flies. 
Um, so yeah, uh, spiders. Yeah, cool. I saw one in I saw one in Ramachap in uh, before we took our flight to Lugia, yeah, yeah. and that that was the size of a dinner plate. I actually think it had like a whole like ham hock in its mouth. It was a beast. I'm not prone to exaggerating either. Uh, would you recommend GoKill first, then EBC, or the other way around? Other way around, um, because light. Because GoKill is um, you, it, it's EBC basically, but it, it's longer, and you go to so you got the classic route which sticks with the EBC. GoKill starts on the classic route, goes to GoKill over a high pass, and then to EBC. So it's a longer trip that reaches a higher altitude. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you if you, if you were that in mind that you wanted to do one before the other, EBC first. But, you know, yeah. there's no rules to this stuff. We know some people that have gone out their first time at Altitude Summit at Island Peak. Yeah, exactly. All, you know, so it's all about, you know, what you're physically and mentally prepared to endure, I guess. Some hilarious comments on you. Um, <laughs> some of it I can't say because it's swear words. Well, saying that, I, I, I do swear every now and again. Um, let's have a look. On, do you bring your own kit, sleeping bags, tent? So on the Everest Base Camp trip, uh, that was from Shirley McLeod. Um, yeah, you. Uh, we stay in tea houses. You don't need tents. Um, you can bring your own sleeping bag or you can use one of ours. Uh, it's free uh, in Kathmandu. We, you can have one of those. You also get a free duffel bag when you arrive. Um, yeah, so you don't need to bring a tent, stuff like that. Keep it nice and light. We always like to uh, do it uh, less than 15 kgs um, when you're actually on the on the trek. Do you carry your own kit? Um no, you don't carry the porters actually carry your big duffel bag, but you carry your day pack, which you want to make as light as possible. Yeah. Um, exactly. minimum age, Dave, do you have a minimum age from Lewis Coleman? Uh, not really. I think um, it all depends again on the individual. Um, you know, there are, you know, some 12 year olds that could run circles around me, no doubt, and most other people on the hill. It all, like to me, we forget it's not so much about fitness and strength and stuff like that. A 12 year old is more than capable of getting to EPC. It's about mentally them understanding that they're going to a place that's not strictly a holiday, can be a little bit dangerous, there are certain risks and stuff like that. So it's about understanding that, mm -hmm. and also whoever goes with them, um, they're tied at the hip. So wherever the uh, you know the youngster goes, the adult goes as well. Um, yeah, obviously exactly. that goes without saying, but you know, you know, some people are like. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, that's what uh, Jerome has asked, are we gonna keep doing the um, Tuesday tune-ins after yeah. COVID? Yeah, these these are a fixture now, Jerome. Um, yeah, the, the you know I'll, I'll, I'll be doing these when I'm uh, when I'm when I'm in my seventies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and what do you think? Should we um, should we? Oh, right. yeah, uh, I think should we drum roll. We should definitely drum roll. And look, um, whoever's the the winner, we will um, reach out to you. Um, we will drop you a little email. Probably drop you a little message just to sort of liaise and um, you know work out when you go in because obviously we, you know hopefully it's next year. But, you know, you can go. we got dates up until the end of 2023. Um, we do have runner-up prizes as well. So definitely, um, you know, check your emails if you've entered the competition. Uh, might be something a little bit for you. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be amazing. I mean, don't forget, whoever wins now, you get to bring someone with you. So um, obviously think about who you're going to, to bring. Uh, Are you angling for a free trip, then? <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> uh, I get free anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I hope any anything, just before we do, any questions we haven't answered, drop us a line. We will actually go through the comments, try and get back to everyone because I realize these uh, these questions need to be answered. But, you know, we haven't got forever. So, yeah, we will um, announce the winner. And, yeah, Dave, you can do the honors today. Uh, good luck. Hang on, uh, hang on a minute because I've got the this whiteboard that I've got is a beast. 
Martin Collum, I believe. You are going to EBC. Martin, are you on the live? Make yourself heard, Martin. Uh, Dave, you okay? That is quite a big whiteboard. But uh, anyway, Martin, um, congratulations, mate. Uh, can't wait to have you with us. Um, it's certainly, I mean, we speak, <laughs> well done, Dave. It's certainly a life-changing trip, mate, and you're going to have an amazing time. So, yeah, well I done. Want, I just want to point out there's quite a lot of metal on that as well. <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not your average whiteboard. Um, no, congratulations, Martin. Uh, earthquake. <laughs> um, <yeah>. And <laughs> you are shitting me. Holy shit. Okay, yeah, that's, that's all right. I'll that <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, great stuff. Wow, loads of comments. Look, I'm really, really happy for you, Martin. And, um, fantastic, fantastic. Thanks for everyone that's entered. As I said, um, if you've entered the competition, do check your emails a little bit later today. Um, there may be something else for you there. Um, but Dave, yeah, been emotional as always. Yeah, mate, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I'm actually glad someone's actually on the live when we announce it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's because I, I we always wonder about that because I think this is the uh, we've done about several of these. Um, you know, and we've managed to track with someone who's won one one of these competitions a couple of years ago. And it's just, you know, uh, we, we feel like we're really lucky to, to share that energy, that positive energy, because we need this right now. You know, yeah, it's exactly. for a lot of people. And, you know, that's what we're here for. Uh, we're here to make stuff happen. It's just a matter of when. The mountains are going anywhere. Neither are we. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, everybody that took part, you know, I wish to God we could give like 500 free prizes. Um, <laughs> you know, that would be a whole season. And um, but yeah, I mean, just just doing this for Martin and whoever Martin's going to be taking it's you know honestly, yeah, you know, it, and and this is no word of a lie. Um, when it's time, we we you know the, select the winner at random, and what Andy always says to me before is like, let's not pick a winner. He says, right, Dave, let's change someone's life. <laughs> you know, he says that to me when we pick the winner. You know, and and we generally do believe it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, awesome, well done, honestly, Martin. You're gonna it's it's gonna be amazing, and everyone else, you know. It's a amazing time for them. on here as well, Chris. We can't wait to get a base camp with you, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris is what Chris is a previous winner as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. But uh, right, we're gonna turn off now. But thanks for joining in. Great to see so many people on here. We are here every Tuesday, so we'll be back next week for another Tuesday tune in <laughs> about someone different. Uh, I've always liked people called Martin. I know. So I've seen it, Martin. You were gonna be inundated with Facebook messages now, but. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but Matt, we'll be in touch with you and we'll um, we'll get you booked onto a trip and everything like that. Yeah. Again, like Andy said, thanks so much for everyone. And um, what do you reckon, Andy? Next Tuesday? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'll see you next Tuesday, Dave. Yeah. Same Yeti time, same Yeti channel, right? <laughs> very good, very good. See you guys and uh, all the best and uh, stay safe during lockdown. Yeah, see you guys. Awesome. So I hope you enjoyed the uh, another episode of the Mount Malarkey podcast. Um, yeah, that was something a little bit different, wasn't it, from the Tuesday tune-in, but I hope yeah. you enjoyed it. I must say, you were brilliant on that episode, Ant. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. Thanks. Now, if, uh, if you've enjoyed it, don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe to the podcast. Um, you know, all these uh, podcasts we put together, the episodes, try to reach as many people as possible. And if it's helped you, leave us a lovely review. Um, and yeah, we'll see you again next week. Yeah, all the best, guys. Bye. Thank you.